Hello everybody and welcome to another edition of the Africast. My name is Brendan Lotz and joining me as always is Clinton Matos. Hello again everybody. And Robin Lee Chessy. Howdy. Uh, you guys having a good time? Uh, if you can hear generators in the background, <laughs> that's because it's the middle of load shedding. It's the ambient noise of South Africa. Yeah. Yeah, we're recording from our new offices in Parker. So yeah, we're in cool. offices. Can you believe it? I'm seeing everyone's faces for the first time in, I don't know, I've how many years. significantly. I don't know if you guys <laughs> really want to see my face. Um, yeah. Anyway, let's get into the news of the week. Robin, there's a new Blade Runner series? Yes. So last year in November, uh, Ridley Scott, who obviously directed the original Blade Runner, um, he was doing a press tour for House of Gucci. I'm assuming you guys did not watch House of Gucci. I did not. It was on DSTV and my, uh, I don't know who it was, my parents or something. When I come watch House of Gucci with us, I was like, no thanks. <laughs> yeah, I also kind of get that skip. That, that guy's really directing a lot of movies recently. But uh, anyway, while he was kind of um, promoting that film, uh, he was kind of posed a question as to what he's going to be doing with Blade Runner or any kind of upcoming projects. And he said that he already had written a pilot for a Blade Runner series that he was hoping to kind of get greenlit um, yeah. so that obviously got reported by us and then earlier this week it was announced that Amazon are the platform that will be producing that uh, that Blade Runner series it's called Blade Runner 2099 and as you can guess from the title it is set 50 years after the, the 2017 movie Blade Runner 2049 oh, so all we know right now is that Ridley Scott is the producer um, Amazon are going to be producing it and it will be streaming it on their Prime Video platform uh, we have no information as regards casting yet. Hopefully, uh, some of the original cast from the 2049 film will be able to appear in the series. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, Love, who was the who was the replicant that uh, was employed by uh, the bad guy in the film. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the bad guy in real life too. Yes, yeah, the the, the uh, alleged cult leader, uh, Jared Leto. Um, anyway, so <laughs> that's all we kind of know about the film right now. Um, we don't know when production is actually going to start on it, but it is exciting. I think Blade Runner is one of those kind of properties that is rich for mining. Yeah. Um, uh, Denis Villeneuve did a great job with the 2049, I mm -hmm. think. Although it didn't, wasn't, I guess, a box office hit, I think a lot of people do really enjoy the visuals of that film. Hopefully that kind of translates to the series. And yeah, uh, some more Blade Runner stuff on the way, potentially. It was a box office hit in my heart, okay? Yeah, that, that, that's definitely one of my more recent uh, favorite films. Yeah. Um, I think the whole cyber t cyberpunk aesthetic is becoming a lot more fashionable now. I mean, we have cyberpunk with um, cyberpunk Ed Ed Edge Runners Edge Runders, yeah. on Netflix. Heard that's fantastic. I haven't it watched is it brilliant. yet. Though. I don't know why they didn't use that as the kind of storyline for the game, but, uh, but that's perhaps Because they discussion. were still busy with the game, yeah. like two days before it launched. Yeah. <laughs> What's funny is that they actually put Edge Runner stuff in the game, but it's just like a jacket and some uh, like cosmetics it's not like you can play it and it doesn't look like the anime it's just like yeah have a jacket <laughs> cool let's move on then um, Uber this morning announced that it is investigating a cybersecurity incident um, this is according to a report from the New York Times which reveals an alarming situation is unfolding at the firm um, the publication reports that it has been sent a set of e uh, images of email, cloud storage, and code repositories by the person claiming responsibility for the hack. Said person also said that they had managed to gain access to Uber systems through social engineering. Um, the alleged hacker is reportedly a teenager. They said that they're 18 years old. 
Um, and the Washington Post further revealed that according to internal screenshots, the hack was motivated by the company's treatment of its drivers. Um, the main reason, though, was that Uber had weak security, which just seems like a bit of a cop-out to me. I mean, like, oh, it was the weak security. And also, you treat your di drivers badly. So, um, yeah, Uber has yet to inform customers whether there's anything that they need to be concerned about. Um, at the moment, they've just uh, directed users to its Ubercom's Twitter account for updates. Um, and there's no update there as of time of recording this. Um, so, yeah, if you have an Uber account, my advice to you is to update your passwords and maybe delink your credit card if you can for the time being, um, just until we have more information about this. Um, yeah, social engineering gets another big tech firm. Last uh, In 2020, it was... Um, well, last year was already Twitter, wasn't it? Yeah, Twitter, Twitter. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, not a not a good day for Uber. Um, hopefully, they can respond to this quickly. And uh, yeah, there's not too much damage for customers. I'm tired of resetting passwords, man. Yeah, me too. But I mean, what are you supposed to it's do? It's like you know? I can't even say just have better security because no matter what security there is, will always be, uh, you know, defeated. And again, it's yeah. like social engineering. Is if you're What's the whole thing? It's like if the CFO has the password just on a piece of paper under his desk, I mean, what are you supposed to do? You can't really protect against that. Exactly. So. But it is it's exhausting. So, uh, yeah, so many um, passwords, man. So hopefully uh, this isn't too much of a big deal. Uh, Uber was fined in 2017 um, for failing to disclose a incident uh, where the personal information of 57 million people around the world was compromised. Uh, that earned it a fine of $148 million, oh. which I said to Robin earlier. As you can tell this was before GDPR and stuff because $148 million is like nothing. Yeah, they're, they're fine this time. If they get one, it's going to be with a B. Yeah, with Definitely a B. With Hopefully. Exactly. Definitely. Yeah. Um, well, that's my if they, fingers. I that's forget if they that do, this is audio. That's if they do things badly, right? So hopefully because they are reporting it now and they're investigating, they're working with the law enforcement, hopefully there won't be a fine. But um, yeah, social engineering kind of puts that... Put your security processes into uh, under a very bright spotlight. So yeah, Uber, uh, keep an eye out for that if you are a user. Clinton, hello. A new Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. So let's talk about a company called RoboSend. I think most people know RoboSend because they basically made a fictional idea into a real product. What I'm talking about is the auto converting Optimus Prime that they released a few years ago now. And it is exactly what it sounds like. It is a robot Optimus Prime that transforms from a truck into an RC-controlled robot. It can walk, it can talk, it can do a lot of stuff. And people have been wanting that since the 80s. Now, it does come with an absolutely massive price tag. That one, I think, is like $700 or something ridiculous. But RoboSend really got put on the map when they partnered with Hasbro and Takara to make Optimus Prime. Man, I want that thing. Uh, so we knew that a new product was coming from RoboSense soon, and the choice is a little bit odd. It's Buzz Lightyear. Now, it's not Buzz Lightyear from Toy Story. It's the new Buzz Lightyear from Lightyear. Now, that has already got some people uh, up in arms because they don't like the new design. They wanted the old one. But I think the way this moves and the way it looks very lifelike when it moves, mm. I think it would have been even creepier if it was the old yeah. kind of more cartoony Absolutely. one. But design aside, the most interesting thing about this is what's under the plastic there are 23 they say high precision servo motors i didn't include their fluff i just wrote 23 servo motors and again everything we talk about today there'll be stories you guys can read uh, check out the links below and another thing about this is that it looks really good in movement in in motion i should say and i'll have a, a link to the trailer where you can see it moving 
they did some cheating in this. Um, Optimus Prime could kind of walk, kind of just like does a shuffle to the side. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this trailer, they make it look like Buzz can actually walk around. He cannot. If you look closely in that trailer, he's actually on uh, a stand. He's suspended off the air. And there is an animation to make it look like he's walking, but he can't actually walk. So if you want, like in Toy Story, a toy that walks around your room, you're not getting that. What you're getting is what they call a living collectible. Can he fall with style? I mean, if you <laughs> drop him off the... He actually does have a backpack, and that's a whole other thing. Again, guys, check out the story, because I actually have a table showing that there's two different versions of this product. One is called the Infinity Pack that actually has the jetpack, and the other one doesn't. And there's a big price difference between the two. And also of course the, there is. Yeah, the more expensive one has the laser gauntlet, which is, again, those are like yeah. two massive parts of Buzz Lightyear. Anyway, um, so, yeah, it could fall with style if you want. So, in terms of engineering, this is very impressive. In terms of a, a living collectible, which is a figurine that you put on your shelf, but it actually moves and it kind of looks alive. Again, I want people to watch the trailer. It kind of looks like stop motion in real life. It is so impressive. Mm. And I was already impressed with this company after Optimus Prime. So to see them still putting in the work and making this great stuff is really impressive. It should be impressive. Um, this thing goes up to $1,000, which I, I mean, we were going to start talking about Apple products later, <laughs> and that will look like a, a sweet deal. Um, so people need to know that uh, pre-orders are open now. The absolute cheapest you can get is the base model without the jetpack and the gauntlet, which I think is just kind of a waste, is $649. And then, like I said, all the pricing will be, and then that can go up to $1,000 if you miss the early bird pre-orders, and um, yeah, you get the more expensive one. Am I going to buy this? Absolutely not. One of the biggest reasons, aside from price, is that they don't sell it in South Africa. Um, the previous Optimus Prime, I think, was only available in America for the longest time, and then they kind of uh, made it available in Canada. I don't know what the situation. I don't know what the situation is in Europe right now, even in I think China, because they do have an office in China. So these are very hard to get. They're very expensive, but man, are they impressive! I would. I really hope the tech that goes into the Optimus Prime becomes cheaper and they can sell something at half price. So that is the RoboSend Buzz Lightyear. Super impressive, super expensive. When am I going to have a robot in my house? No one can answer me because they're all cowards. Right. From one expensive thing to two expensive things. Well, technically three, I guess. Um, last week, Apple announced its latest iteration of iPhones. Uh, as well as the Apple Watch, which I still believe should be called the iWatch. Um, and we want to discuss it because uh, we missed last week's podcast because of me. I apologize. Um, <laughs> but we're going to discuss it now. But uh, Robin, do you want to kick us off and just introduce what Apple announced last week? Yeah, so there were four new models of iPhone as part of the iPhone 14 series. There's obviously the regular model, the iPhone 14, then the iPhone 14 Plus, which is only coming late in the year for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, Apple didn't really explain as to why, but that kind of is what it is at the moment um, and then there are two models of, of, of pro iPhone so it's iPhone 14 Pro and then the iPhone 14 Pro Max um, and exciting and disappointing uh, disappointing for the fact that the iPhone 14 and 14 Plus mm. still have a screen notch mm-hmm. but the, the the pro models do not and we'll talk about uh, the new Dynamic Island which is the most <laughs> Apple name ever for a very not I wouldn't say simple but a very 
Uh, it's, a, it's a camera notch. I don't know why we have to dance around it. It's a camera <laughs> notch. So, um, yeah, as, as far as the iPhone 14 and 14 Plus are concerned, uh, they're, they're going to be running the A15 Bionic chips. Uh, that, those were featured in the Pro models of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you're also getting uh, 6.1 and 6.7 inch uh, display sizes for the 14 and 14 Plus respectively. Um, and there has been a little bit of improvement as far as the software for the cameras are concerned, but the cameras haven't received a significant bump. But those kind of significant improvements are only for the Pro models. Yeah. And some reviews for uh, international publications have already come out for the 14 and the 14 Pro. And uh, I have to kind of quote The Verger, they kind of dubbed the 14 as the 13S. Mm. And it seems a pretty apt description for it because there hasn't been much improvement. And it kind of, it's disappointing because this is what Apple has been doing for a long time now. We were hoping that the 14 series was kind of, kind of push the boundaries a little bit. And only the Pro model has seemed to really receive any attention. So... So I just want to jump in there very quickly and say that I'm really starting to feel like if you buy a base iPhone, you're getting the worst iPhone. Like, maybe that's a bit harsh, but it really does just feel like if you want the new features, you want the new um, design, all that sort of stuff, you've got to go with the Pro or Pro Max. Yeah, I think that's that's increasingly become the model now. Yeah, and I mean, like, it's just it just kind of feels like Apple's already, like, uh, at least in terms of iPhone users that I've encountered in the wild, they're very like judgmental about, oh, you use an Android? Oh, you only use have the iPhone 14? You don't have the Pro or the Pro Max? Twitter for Android? Ugh. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, I just, I don't know. I understand that, that ma- manufacturers need to hit two like different segments of the market, but I mean, when we get to the discussion about pricing soon, um, I mean, there's not really that much of a gap between the two different phones yeah, from in terms like, of pricing. Uh, and also, yeah, so I think that's probably the biggest point we'll discuss shortly is that if you look at the 13 compared to the 14, fair enough, um, because of the issue of nature of, of these kind of smartphone rollouts, there, are gonna be, there isn't going to be that much of a jump, but mm. you're paying more now. Yeah. We, we kind of discussed it uh, prior to the pre-orders and the local pricing being announced, yeah. but... Uh, Territories outside of the U.S. and China, because of the strength of the U.S. dollar, have had to now suffer and pay, in some regions, fifty to sixty dollars more yeah. for the fourteen than they were the thirteen, which is really odd because Apple made a big, a big uh, hoo-ha about the fact that the the pricing is exactly the same. It's but the it's same, the same if you're for in the, the U.S. US. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's the same asterisk. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, let's just dump, jump into the pricing quickly. So the iPhone fourteen base model is twenty thousand five hundred ninety-nine rand. Um, for the 128 gig. These are all for the 128 gig entry-level model. Um, the iPhone 14 Pro is 25699 and then the iPhone 14 Pro Max is 28,399 Rand. So, I mean, you're looking at a difference of like 5,000 to 3,000 depending on which model you're getting. And I mean, that's not too big of a gap, right? You can buy another phone for the price difference. Not a great phone. Man, it's a good thing I haven't had lunch yet because I threw up a bit in my mouth. I mean, That's a lot of money, dude. It is a Any lot of money. So it. the most expensive iPhone you can buy right now is the iPhone 14 Pro Max, one terabyte, which is 42,000 Rand. So that's more than Huawei's latest foldable phone, which is 40,000 Rand. <laughs> and you get a big fat hole in the top of the display. So let's talk about that dynamic island. Yeah, so what they've done now is instead of the screen notch being at the top of the frame, they've moved it down slightly. So think of it a lot like the punch holes that a lot mm-hmm. of Android phones are using now. But 
what Apple have done is they've created a, almost a pull-shaped uh, interface mm. that will uh, interact with specific applications. So, for example, you can have you can control your your Spotify playback from there, uh, or you can uh, set timers and stuff like that mm. f- from this little dynamic island. Um, they're going to open up the API to more developers, and hopefully, there'll be more kind of support for other applications. But it is very much a case of why wasn't this on the iPhone 14, the regular model? Yeah. This isn't a massive leap, technologically speaking. No. So, well, I mean, for Apple it is. <laughs> for Android, it's not. Yes. So, for, the mind boggles as to why this wasn't actually introduced to the four, across the entire range of models because it can be done. I, Surely it can be done. I have a theory about this because I personally think that this, uh, what's it called? The Dynamic Island. Dynamic Island is hideous. Oh, yeah. I think it is so so hideous. To I look like at. the idea of it. I don't like the execution. Yeah. I would prefer it if it was on the side or in the, in the corner and, yeah, and so jut it, it out from there. Like Samsung did this with the um, S10 Plus, um, where the hole punch is on the side, mm. right? And your eye still catches it now and then. And I feel like Apple's like really darkening how dark this um, island is. And I want to see it in real life because I have a feeling you're going to see the lenses of those cameras. So I was uh, watching a, a Verge review and, and Nilay Patel, he was kind yeah. of going, to, going, going through it. And in previous reviews, he said like, the more you use the iPhone, the screen notch doesn't come, become an mm-hmm. issue. Oh Here, the dynamic island is front and center. Yeah, you are noticing it all the time. And in certain lights, you can see the difference in color from the actual dynamic island yeah. compared to the actual housing for the selfie camera I think they want people to just embrace the notch I and think they're doing this as a, like a, a way to put people off of oh move it in other places yeah, I think it's like the removal of the jack where they did it for the wrong reasons and then they kind of tried to sell it mm. as a benefit and the removal of the charger they yeah. just keep doing like anti-consumer uh, decisions in the engineering and then they try and spin it like something good I, I honestly think maybe they put a lot of time and research into making a front-facing camera disappear. And mm-hmm. then they're like, no, so we wasted too much money. We're actually going to go the complete, you know, we're going to do a 180. Mm-hmm. We're going to say now to this, you know, it's not a bug. It's a feature. Also, the way that the, the dynamic island ships with content, like, I really feel like it's like that is a problem that had to be solved through design, right? It wasn't something that they originally envisioned. But now they had this big punch out in the screen. Well, I mean, what does it mean for the future iPhones? Is Dynamic Island just for the iPhone 14? Or is it going to be like a staple move forward? I'm going to say now, if it's not a stepping stone, Apple's in trouble. Because now it essentially means that that central punch hole is going to be there forever. Uh Because why open up the API to all your developers? Why kind of put research and development into this feature that is essentially almost a core element of the design of the phone? I'm if it's not going to be there the forever. interface as well. I I'm mean, going to say they do it this year and next year, and then the third year they're just going to quietly kill it because they've done that with a few features, and I think they can just they can do whatever they want because they know people will buy. Well, it they'll probably spin it in just like when they removed the the wires from the from the earphones. Yeah, and they'll, they'll just say they were brave, brave and courageous oh, in actually removing the the, the front facing camera altogether. Yeah. Courage. <laughs> that sounds like something they'll do. So I think they will support it and give you know lots of content for it. 
and then after a while they're just like nah we got so my, a new qu- phone my question to you guys then do you suspect that android phone makers will start copying this in, in the past i would have said no because it's dumb and why would you copy a dumb idea but then samsung exactly did copy dumb ideas with the notch with the um, lack of a jack i mean they they said themselves it was dumb in a press conference and then like a year later they did the same thing so i think a hundred percent we're gonna yeah i thought i actually i don't think that samsung will do it because samsung has done it and samsung has better solutions like um like beneath bixby. display <laughs> sorry <laughs> you said like bixby i mean okay <laughs> that was always a mistake Samsung. I'm sorry, but it was a terrible, sorry, terrible... Sorry, I, I, I derailed you on your... Um, but, uh, so, I don't think Samsung would do it. I think somebody like Xiaomi or, or Honor or Oppo might might try it, um, just to get that Apple sort of adjacent look. Um, but, yeah, I don't I don't foresee Samsung doing it. Maybe. I do. Maybe. I mean, they they have done it before already. And I don't foresee them going back to it, especially since they've abandoned that design. So... I don't know. Um, I don't want Android people to, or Android phone makers to um, adopt this. Um, there is something I do want to bring up though with the iPhone 14 is the eSIM, mm. right? Where the US model of the iPhone 14 will only have an eSIM. How dumb is Apple to do that? Uh, I think you I think you mispronounced courageously. No, no, no. I say dumb because <laughs> eSIMs are only supported in a handful of countries. Mm. Now, I take my iPhone from the US and I go to, like, let's say, Ghana. Just buy an iPhone, dude. Yeah, that's exactly what Tim Cook will say to you. <laughs> Didn't he? Uh, was it Tim Cook? He said you must buy your mom an iPhone. Yes, yeah, I wrote the, that story. About the blue and green bubbles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, about RCS support. Buy your mom an iPhone. So, I mean, like, oh, you must I buy an iPhone when I go to Ghana now yes. so that I can use a normal SIM card. Yes. That's what Tim Apple does. I mean, it's just like... I understand that the, the functionality is in the U.S., right? But it's once again this thing of Silicon Valley companies or Silicon Valley companies expressly operating in the U.S. but having global aspirations where it's, oh, we're going to just have eSIMs for all our phones in the U.S. But uh, you know what I don't understand, right? All the decisions they make is in the pursuit of profit, right? No mm-hmm. matter what we talk about. It doesn't it cost them more to make more than one version of the phone? Probably or not. Or is it just... I, 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 I'm sure it's like a switch it, on, a, on a conveyor belt. Sure, but surely, even if it costs like 10 cents, don't they want to save their 10 cents just to make one model? No, because eSIM only support looks cool. No, but I mean like at the factory, it's probably just like the US one, they put in like one chip. Well, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the ones they sell overseas have the eSIM functionality, but it's just like turned off in the firmware. And then it's like, what do they do with the physical space inside of the US edition? They'll probably just put like a spot weld there and then you'll never see it. I also do wonder whether this is going to become a, um, a main feature of iPhones. No it, it, it wouldn't surprise me. And I, I wouldn't, it wouldn't also surprise me if uh, other phone makers copy this as well. Um, speaking anecdotally, yeah. I don't know if you guys have ever tried to set up an eSIM in uh, South no. Africa. It is a mission and I, I don't want to... I don't wanna do, uh, be negative about our local carriers but to try and set that up is a real mission and to and so much so that my father actually here mm. he had apple watch oh yeah um to set that up it was such a mission with vodacom that he actually went over to mtn no that's how bad the experience i want to was. be negative about our mobile characters all of them are oh almost carriers. all of them all of them are bad 
I had to deal with Vodacom. I don't want to get into the specifics of it, but it was such a messy situation. It gave me gray hairs. They took money that they never returned. They swindled my elderly parents. They are all bad. And it's not just Vodacom. I signaled them out because it was the most recent bad thing. Oh, and just, just these past two weeks, I had a bad experience with Telcom. And it's just, they're all bad. And at least the system's in place now. If you spend three hours of your work day, you could maybe get something done at a store. Now there's not even a physical SIM card for them to deal with. I have no faith in them to do this stuff. Yeah, and from what I hear, the experience to try and port from an Android device to an iPhone yeah. by, by eSIM is... is uh, It's like Dante going into the... Into the phone, <laughs> <laughs> At least, at least now, like you could back up all your contacts to Google. I don't know if Apple has a similar thing, but then they'll probably be like, "Oh no, we don't accept contacts." We're gonna have to go back to just carrying around a little book and writing people's numbers and yeah, stuff. because at because this they point, keep being dumb and like locking it behind. Oh, you can't go from that system to another, but if you come from this system to this system, that's fine. And then if you pay us a fee, we'll do it for you. It's all just BS to make more money and so, trap you. The other thing that they announced was the emergency SOS satellite feature. Yes. Can you tell us more about that, Robin? So it's, again, as the name implies, it's only for emergencies. So if, for example, you are in an area where connectivity via broadband is not available, mm. uh, it will connect to a satellite uh, in order to send out a very specific series of text messages in okay. order to get, get assistance for yourself. Okay. Um, this feature is only rolling out in the US and Canada okay. later this year. Um, obviously, because it's satellite dependent, Apple has to do some work with satellite providers to ensure yeah. that the system is available. Uh, they go other with Starlink. Um, I don't know. Uh, what does Elon Musk? Does Elon Musk use an iPhone? Maybe I don't know. <laughs> I but think so. Huawei actually announced a very similar thing the the day before Apple's event. So um, <laughs> who copied who? Yeah. So um, and again, that's also native to China. So it's not going to be. And I think it's okay. only for the Mate 50 series, um, which hasn't been confirmed for South Africa yet, so we don't know if, even if that's going to be rolling out. Um, but yeah, it, it looks like this is the new thing that uh, phone makers are going to be trying to yes, hunt. Yes, Elon Musk does use Twitter for iPhone. Okay. <laughs> so so I, guess, I guess they will be using Starlinks eventually. So, I mean, that is a cool feature. That is objectively a cool, useful feature, right? Sure. I mean, yes, it's only limited to the US, but because of the way satellites work, like it's, it makes sense. I mean, Apple did the same thing with its... Um, uh, oxygen, blood oxygen, and heart rate, and all that sort of stuff. It has to go through local regulations and all that that sort of thing. Um, so that I think is a legitimately cool feature. But also, like, am I going to buy an iPhone for that? For the one time that I'm in an emergency in the middle of the Karoo, I'm where I'm pretty sure for like a much cheaper price, you can buy a dedicated service that comes with a little or a satellite phone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you get no. But I mean, they sell. I can't remember the name of them. It's like a a, Jeep, uh, a satellite panic button that you can keep on your key ring. So it's not even like you need a whole new device with you. You just keep that on your key ring. If anything serious ever happens, you just press. But does it have a dynamic gun? Uh, no, so that makes it better. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I guess we're just always going to be the guys that uh, don't want an iPhone because they're too expensive. Um, and I don't know... I'd, like you said, right, is there nothing really exciting here? There's not really, like, anything that's making me go, oh, yes, I'm going to switch to iPhone now. Like, yeah. the camera stuff is just so much of a muchness now. It's like, okay, so how great can a photo taken on an on a, a smartphone really be yeah, so at this point? Yeah, so some of the reviews that have been already published, um, 
they kind of did, obviously did all the running through the whole gamut mm. of camera testing and stuff like that and um, the only I guess difference really now is that because they've upped the megapixels uh, there is a, perhaps a bit more nuance as far as images that are captured yeah. but the difference you're going to see especially when people are posting these images to social media yeah. are, aren't going to be there it's especially only, when they get compressed to hell yeah so again the improvements although Apple are punting it as being significant mm. for the general consumer they're not really going to be that uh, visible for lack yeah. of a better I mean, term so here they say uh, or you wrote the silicon yields 40% faster processing from a CPU and 50% more memory bandwidth that's from the A16 Bionic yeah which is I mean 40% and 50% more memory bandwidth I mean cool You're, there's more bandwidth but is it faster I mean you're pushing more data through it anyway but I mean, these are very incremental and I don't think that the average user would notice this. They wouldn't be like, oh, this is way faster than my old iPhone. Also, was the A15 Bionic that terrible that we had to we have to improve it that much? I mean, yeah, it's also just like the way that they word these things, right? It's like 50% faster processing from the CPU. Okay, so that means that it is faster, but then 50% more memory bandwidth from its GPU. Okay, so I mean, that's not really something that the average person is gonna know what the benefit of that is yeah hell if you had to put me on the spot and ask i wouldn't be able to tell you yeah i think what's really telling about this is that after the announcements i went on the apple subreddit where you know if you're on a subreddit for something you're probably a fan and the the two replies were my iphone i wrote i already have does enough of this so i'm not going to upgrade and then people from outside of uh, america saying the pricing is ridiculous so, I mean, if those are the top two takeaways from your big new announcement, something's going wrong. I'm also just shocked that they didn't announce a budget iPhone. Yeah, yeah I, they've done away with the Mini completely. Yeah, I think a lot of people in that same thread, they were also asking, where's the Mini? Or where's the SE? Or, or something like, just something that's a bit more low cost. Like, I understand Apple's like, because I think last week as well, um, it was announced that uh, Apple has 50% market share in the US. Which is impressive, but I mean, also, it just speaks to where Apple's focus is. Um, I don't know. It, I mean, it's a big brand in the US, absolutely. But I just feel like elsewhere in the world, people are like, there's a recession. <laughs> 20,000 Rand on a smartphone is too much. That being said, every time I'm forced to go to Santa to do something, the Apple store is packed. So, I mean, maybe we were just by choice or by who we associate with we're not in that click who's like oh, new apple gotta get it maybe uh, i would love to know what the the breakdown is in south africa because uh i don't think there's any one big you know study i think Sa- i think samsung it has the majority well, yeah, of gfk the will always say well that. no i mean um Apple versus everything else. Oh. Apple versus Android, not just Apple versus um, you, all the other brands. Yeah. I'd love to know. I'm sure Android is has a much higher percent, but I'm sure Apple probably makes more money than any of them. Oh, absolutely. But I mean, that's because just by virtue of the fact that yeah. their products are more premium. Yeah. From so everything to the charger to the phone. I would love to know what the percentage is, but then also compared to prices and, um, and money generated. But again, yeah. we, we would never know because because the android side is so fractured yeah so we could never really know but it would be really interesting i 
Maybe we might do a survey about that in the future. What, what, what? Intent. So, now, where does Apple go to from here? Because it's clear that it's not going to innovate mm. unless, I don't know, something drastic happens at Samsung. I mean, Samsung has released three iterations of folding phone now, and well, Apple hasn't even looked at that tech. Well, so, where does, is Apple just going to forever be this... We're making glass bricks. Well, let me it. ask you this, Brendan. If they're, already, if they're making more money every quarter um, for their financial results, what, why would they change? You know? You know why? They became popular for bucking trends and for making a new paradigm. But now that they're on top of that paradigm and the kings of the world, I mean, why, why change? I don't think that they're top of the world. They're top, they're, they're top in the US, mm. at least. Like, I mean, they have 50% of market share. And if you, even, if, even if Samsung has 40%, it's not the top. Yeah. Um, but I think that the problem that Apple has now is that if it doesn't innovate, people are just going to get bored. I, I don't think so. I think it's so ingrained in the society of America and other countries that you've got to have an iPhone and it doesn't matter what iPhone it is as long as it's relatively new. What so do you I think, th Robin? Um, yeah, I think the iPhone production model or you want to call it the strategy, Yeah. Um, it works. And I don't mean works in that it's good. It just works. Mm. So there's nothing, like Clinton said, there's nothing for them really to want to change. I suppose it's like with EA, right? It's like people buy loot boxes from EA. They don't see a need to change. Yeah. I yeah, mean, it's like FIFA. FIFA, yeah. because of licensing, FIFA will always be the best football game you can play. Yeah. And well, it can be as terrible as they want to make it. But, but because they've got the license yeah. names and no, stuff. But they just lost it. No, yeah, no, 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 no. The, uh, the EA lost the license, yeah. but there will still be FIFA games. But now it's going to be interesting. Can EA still keep its player base now that it doesn't have the FIFA name? I they will so. because Konami's latest version of Pez was two out of five. Was, yeah, it was terrible. Well, two out of ten stars. Well, we'll I mean, we'll have to see. That would be a cool comparison to see if people are still willing to buy a soccer game that isn't FIFA, even though they have like most of the games anyway, and stuff. So yeah, sorry. We're, we're, we're deviating. <laughs> um, so I think that like eventually Apple fans are going to get annoyed by the fact that. They still have an arch. They only just got an always-on display. Like, features that are staples within um, Android are still slowly bleeding into um, iPhone, and I don't think it's good enough. So I think that people are getting annoyed. I think, and perhaps we need to start looking at the psychology of an Apple... I, I, I mean, in all seriousness, yeah. like the psychology of an Apple user... I use a MacBook... Mm -hmm. You will not convince me that a Windows yeah. or a, 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 a PC is, is better than a Mac. You won't, no matter what feed, like I hate the, 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 the touch bar, but you will never convince me that a Mac is better. And I think that the same goes for iPhone. No matter how old the technology is, there is a prevailing perception that because I have an iPhone, I am better than you people. The, the other thing is though, is that it's, once you know a device, it's really difficult to get somebody to move away from that, Yeah, right? 100%. It's like Robin said, it doesn't need to be the best. It just needs to work. Mm -hmm. And for people who have an iPhone that works, they are just going to keep using it. Because I, I have to remind everybody and ourselves is that the people here and the people who read tech websites and who care about reviews and they know what, you know, what an eSIM is, 
they are in the minority. Mm -hmm. Most people just see a phone and they yeah. say, oh, that's an Apple phone and I'm going to use my Apple phone until it breaks or the battery dies yeah. and I don't want to get it replaced and I'm going to go to the Apple store and I'm going to buy a new one. Yeah. And for them, and, and I, I, you know, life is so complicated. I don't fault people for living like that. Yeah. Uh, I really, when I say that, people are like, oh, he's such an elitist. I'm really not. I, if people just want to live their lives as stress-free as possible and not worry about, oh, where can I get a sale and should I go to Android because of this? If you just want to use your, your iPhone like that, more power to you. Yeah. And for those people, they will never change off and that's just the reality of it. And I would never say anything bad about using your phone that way. I mean, would you try and convince your dad not to use Windows? Now, after all these years. Well, I mean, I, I, he just started using it, and I'm, pretty, I'm probably going to get him an Android tablet. So it's not the best comparison, but okay. I but I mean, like something that he's been using for a long yeah, time. 100%, like, like, I mean, I wouldn't try and get my parents to try and use Windows mm. when they've been using Android for most yeah. of their um, modern computing yeah. lives. Well, I mean, know? speaking of the operating systems, the iOS is, in my opinion, the superior ecosystem. Just from a stability and just usability perspective you get know exactly what you're going to be getting get him get him <laughs> I mean so I disagree I mean I don't think Android is unstable I don't think there's problems with it I think that there are some problems with uh, Android like the Google, the Play Store like while Play Store does have protections things do sneak through you want to hear a, a hot take the, the OS doesn't matter at all. It all depends on what, what apps you use and how the app developers make that app. I mean, that, that's... I honestly believe that. That's true as means, well. The um, OS means very little, especially with how fractured the Android um, ecosystem is. Sometimes your specific skin of Android breaks an app that you use. It's happened to me. But I think, mm -hmm. again, we are people who really care about this stuff. For the average person, if Twitter messes up a new Twitter update and Twitter stops working that's more important to them yeah. than Android has a new update that does X, Y, and Z or Apple has a new update that does X, Y, and Z in the mm. operating system. That's a hard take for you guys. So, yeah. I mean, like, I can't disagree with you though, Robin. I think that iOS has some better, like, protections, especially in terms of security. I think that uh, iOS is better. Sure. Um, that doesn't mean invincible, to everybody listening I don't think that it's impossible to breach an iPhone um, it's just a little bit harder um, because of Apple's wall garden approach so but like Clinton says I do think that a lot of it comes down to how developers create their apps um, but also I mean once again to go, circle back to Clinton's point is that we understand this stuff our job is to understand this stuff so for us we look at Apple's very incremental um, improvements and go that's not good enough and the average user might go, oh, I don't know shinier camera. About. You also have to factor in people aren't buying these phones. Based on the specs, yeah. I well, mean, then they're not, they're not buying it for, what is it, 41,000, 42,000. True, they're buying it at on 600 yeah, bucks a month. They're paying more than that because, oh, that's a whole nother subject that I want to get into. Man, paying monthly is a scam anyway. But yeah, so, I mean, Apple's going to continue making iPhones no matter how many times we, we criticize them for it. Um. So, yeah. Bye, everybody. See you next week. <laughs> yeah, they, they're going to continue making iPhones, and they will probably continue being these uh, kind of incremental improvements. But at the end of the day, they're not really making an iPhone that I want to buy. Mm. Yeah, which I is the problem. It's like I think that I feel like they are alienating so many of their hardcore fans, and eventually those hardcore fans are just going to go somewhere else. 
And I also think they're putting a lot of effort into accessories, into the watches, into the various headphones. They had such a hit with the, um, AirPods. the AirPods that I think they're like, why do we need to worry about the phone when we can sell stuff to go with the phone? Mm -hmm. Like the charger. Oh, that's another conversation. Um, so, yeah, I think the, the focus is fractured, but also they don't really need to do much to keep rolling in the money. So we're going to have this conversation every time. People are still going to buy Apple no matter so, what happens. I Here's a suggestion for you, Apple. The Pro should be a twice year. So every two years, you release a Pro. And then you can focus on releasing the iPhone 4, 15 and 15 Plus, And then you skip a Pro. So that when you actually release a Pro version, it's, a, it's legitimately a Pro. Yeah. Well, just do go back to the S. Yes, that's S what stuff. I'm saying. Yeah, just... Do your, like, do your experimental one and then refine it and do the S version. Exactly. Next I don't know why they why they went away from that. It's probably because everybody was like, oh, Moore's Law is dead. And I was like, okay, but it's dead. It doesn't mean that you can't keep the, the idea, right? You do one major release, then you improve upon it, iterate upon it, and then you do a bigger one the next round. But anyway, um, I think that's going to wrap it. Does anybody have anything else they want to add? Uh... Uh, no, else <laughs> would be inflammatory. Yes, uh, probably just Apple stop calling things dynamic island and yeah. all these silly names. Uh, you know that part in South Park where they do, they make uh, Family Guy sketches with uh, seals and they choose balls out of a cup mm. and it's all random. Um, I think maybe they do that for the name of <laughs> Apple things. There's probably someone whose whole job is to do that and they get really well paid and if they hear this they'll sue me. Uh, I'd, I'd love to hear Sir Johnny Ives' opinion on all this. Oh stuff. my goodness. Um, I'm sure he's um, rolling over in bed <laughs> thinking, thank goodness I don't have to do those uh, really slow voiceovers anymore. Those are those are very sensual ones. <laughs> the ASMR was amazing. <laughs> But uh, that's going to wrap it up from us. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, we'll have links to all the stories we discussed today, as well as uh, information about where to pre-order the iPhone 14, if you are so inclined. Um, but from myself, Brendan Lotz, cheerio from Pleasant Matos. Bye, everybody. And from Robin Lichetti. Take care, everyone. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Cheers. The number you have dialed is not in service at this time.